Hello there, Yugi boy. Are you ready for this week's episode? Pegasus! That's right. I'm Vince. I'm Claire! And this is... Friends of Legend! Friends of Legend, a podcast where we, by hook or by crook, seek to buddy up with every creature of wonder. We will leave no stone unturned. Including your pet rock. So you've probably already guessed what today's episode is about. Our first Yu-Gi-Oh! episode? Pegasus! That's right, Maximilian Pegasus. No, I might have led you a bit astray. Today's episode is about Pegasus. The flappy wing babies! The fla- So Pegasus- actually refers to one individual flappy wing baby. Really? Or to be specific, a winged horse from ancient Greece. Yes, I'm familiar, but I don't know details. So, as far as I could tell in ancient Greece, there was only the one winged stallion, and that winged stallion's name was Pegasus. His name is derived from the ancient Greek word for spring or fountain, for reasons that we'll go into later on. Again, Pegasus is the name of the horse... Winged horses are just called winged horses. There isn't a fancy name for them, at are least you not serious? in English. Okay. There might be other names for it in other languages, but yeah, the, there's got to be. The species is winged horse. The individual is Pegasus. I see. To describe the appearance, Pegasus is usually depicted as a large, beautiful white stallion with proportionally sized wings. They tend to look like the shape and structure of an eagle's wings, though they are pure white. Mm-hmm. Unlike so many of the creatures from ancient Greece, Pegasus doesn't have a lot of weird features. He doesn't have, like, extra animal bits other than the wings. He's not especially large. He's just a horse with wings. No backwards clompers. No backwards clompers. No no Nikur stuff, for sure. No human torso growing out of the back. Aesthetically pleasing, baby. Definitely. Definitely looks like a friend. What uh, does he do? What's he known for? Well, before I get into that, I wanted to talk a little bit about other winged horse individuals of note. Since the winged horse race seems to have spread itself throughout the world, one such individual is named Burak. He is another white winged horse, though he differs from Pegasus in that his head is the head of a human. Oh. Art of Burak looks a lot like that Jester King t-shirt I talked to you about last week. (laughs) Just a very nonplussed human head on a horse torso. Barak's claim to fame is that he carried Muhammad from Mecca to Jerusalem. Oh my. Another famous winged horse is Tianma. I actually misspoke there though, because Tianma doesn't have any wings. He is a Chinese horse that has a lot of draconic features, Chinese draconic features. Kind of scaly, long, snouty, and he flies without wings like Chinese dragons do. Another one is uh, Tulpar. He's another white-winged horse, though he has a horse head instead of a human head. He lives in Turkey and the Caucasus, and he occasionally helps men hunt birds. Does he, like, fly up to the birds for the men to shoot at, or...? Yeah, essentially, he, he lets the men kind of keep pace with birds so that they can, I don't know, like, hit him with spears. Hmm, okay. Man's gotta eat. 
The last one I have, and it's a bit of a mouthful, is Uchchashravas. Oh! A divine white-winged horse from India with seven heads. Horse heads. Wowzers. Commonly depicted as being the steed of the god Indra. Okay. Mm-hmm. Art of that is wild. I bet. It reminds me of the... Oh, you thinking of like the Nagaraja that yeah. protected Buddha? Yeah. I can't remember his name. Bodhidatta, maybe? I think that's it. Yep. Yeah. Very similar to that. Uh, he's also known as the King of Horses. The King of Horses. The very one. Sorry, Shadowfax. <laughs> you gotta pay fealty to Uchchai Shravas. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. Now that we've talked about some of Pegasus's peers, let's get into his behavior. Mm-hmm. Let's get into his brain. This is, horse brain. this is a Pegasus episode. We don't want to divert his thunder. Yes. It's funny that you should say thunder. Oh. But I digress. On his own, Pegasus has the temperament of a standard wild stallion. Think of a... Uh, Shadowfax. Spirit, stallion of the Cimarron. Oh, okay. Yes. He's very willful and, and he basically just does whatever he wants and will do some stompies and kickies if you try to tell him not to. <laughs> He is described as being impossible to tame without the help of the gods. I can imagine that. And I mean, imagine trying to lasso Pegasus. He's just going to like whoop right into the air. Maybe kick up some dirt at you. I wouldn't dare. And even when he does finally get tamed, if you finally manage to kind of get him under tow, he's not going to go above and beyond for you. I think from here, the best way to get into Pegasus's mind is to listen to the many stories about him. Let's start with the story of his birth. Do you know who Pegasus's parents were? I mean, Zeus is everybody's daddy. In this case, Zeus is Pegasus's uncle. Oh. <laughs> because Pegasus was the child. Wait, let me guess. Hermes? No. Apollo? No, pretty ah. sure he's Zeus's son. Dang it. Poseidon. No. Poseidon was Pegasus's father, and his mother was the Gorgon Medusa. Whoa! Uh-huh. And Pegasus was not brought into this world by what you'd call a traditional birth. Mm-hmm. He and his brother, Chrysalwar, were both born when their mother was beheaded by Perseus. <gasps> um, wow. They came riding out into the world on a stream of blood from her neck. No! <laughs> Funny thing about Chrysalwar, he's not a horse. What is he? He's usually a giant man but occasionally will take the form of a boar, kind of like Ganondorf. He wasn't very famous in the more well-known legends of ancient Greece, but he is credited as being king of the Iberian Peninsula for a little bit, and he was also known as the Golden Blade. Oh, mm -hmm. so he was a fierce warrior? Yeah, I actually saw the phrase stout warrior used as a description of him, but no battles of his were really detailed. They should name a beer stout warrior. I'm sure it exists. Yeah. They can they can name it Creasower. Make it a golden stout. No one's gonna want to pronounce it. No. No, that beer's not gonna get sold. So that's Pegasus's origin story. Kind of at odds with what a lot of people think when it comes to him and Perseus, thanks to the movie Clash of the Titans. Did you ever see Clash of the Titans? No. Well, we'll talk about Clash of the Titans later. So in addition to being able to fly, Pegasus also is immortal, like his father. Obviously not like his mother. Yeah. 
And he has the power that he inherited from Poseidon that allows him to create springs and fountains wherever he clumps his hooves. Oh my gosh, that's so fun. Kind of like the Sarvaginoi who creates rivers and streams. Oh yeah. On his black cloud. With his club. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The most famous of these fountains is the Hippocrene, which is found on Mount Helicon. It's a real place in Greece. It is said that this is the area where the muses would get their water from, and any mortal artist drinking from that water would be instantly inspired. Oh. Mm-hmm. So if you got that essay due at the end of the week, and you just can't make any headway with it, book a trip to uh, Greece. Make it up Mount Helicon. So for a long time, Pegasus spent his days clomping around the Mediterranean, doing as he pleased, until he met a famous hero. Hercules? See... You'd think it would be Hercules, thanks to Disney. Uh. But Hercules, actually Heracles in Greek. Hercules is the Latinized version. Hmm. Had nothing to do with Pegasus. And it was the famous hero Bellerophon who met Pegasus. Everyone's favorite hero, Bellerophon. He has some pretty famous trials and tribulations, though no one in modern day really gives him any thought, unfortunately. Uh, Yeah, I don't know anything about him. So Bellerophon is also the son of Poseidon, so he and Pegasus are bros. (laughs) And he began his heroic quest when a king's wife falsely accused him of trying to seduce her. Oh dear. The king sent him to do three impossible tasks as punishment. And Bellerophon, trying to figure out how he's going to do these impossible tasks, decided to go to Athena for help. He goes to the temple of Athena and he falls asleep and in a dream... She tells him to go look for Pegasus, and she gives him a golden bridle, which he wakes up and finds is in his hands. Hmm. So he goes to Corinth, and he finds Pegasus drinking from a stream, probably one that he created himself. He sneaks up on Pegasus, and he fixes the golden bridle on his face. Oh. And now Pegasus, who would have bucked and kicked off any regular person, yeah, allows Bellerophon to climb on his back. Oh. And he's got wheels, baby! Woohoo! So they go off and they set out to accomplish these tasks. The first one is to slay the mythical Chimera, which we'll have to do an episode on. Yeah. The next one is to go subdue a tribe of desert warriors called the Solemi, which he does pretty easily. He comes in astride Pegasus and the warriors think, uh, well, we're not really equipped to fight someone in the air, so we're just going to surrender. Mm-hmm. And then the final thing he had to do was to wipe out the Amazons. Oh no. Which he didn't end up doing. He went to where the Amazons lived and they heard his reputation precede him and and kind of gave him their respect. And he decided, I'm just going to tell him you're dead. Wow. You're good. I wonder if there was a Xena episode about this. Maybe. Not that I remember. Mm. I haven't seen them all. So then he goes back to the king and he says, yo, bro. I did your tasks. (laughs) The king's like, all right, well, I guess I will acquit you and here have some land and titles. Oh, not asking for evidence of anything, huh? No, word got back to him, essentially. sure. Or maybe Bellerophon's word was enough for him. All right. Next thing Bellerophon does is he goes and he finds the king's wife and he says, hey, you want to take a ride on Pegasus with me? And she says, yes, of course, not thinking at all that Bellerophon would want to get vengeance on her for putting him through so much (laughs) mm, headache. Yeah. 
So they get up on Pegasus, and as soon as they get up to their cruising altitude, Bellerophon just gives her a big old shavaruski. Ah! Mm-hmm. Not the shavaruski. Yeah, the dreaded shavaruski. <laughs> it's after this that Bellerophon decides he doesn't really want to deal with people anymore. So he says to Pegasus, he says, Why don't we just kick it on up to Olympus, hang with our uncle, Zeus, Sky Daddy. Let's go party. Let's go party with Zeus. And so they start flying up to Mount Olympus. And Zeus sees them coming and he thinks, I don't want this rube hanging out with me Aww. in the godhouse. It's too exclusive. Yeah, he's a, he's not a true god. He's semi-divine because he's the son of Poseidon and a mortal woman. He's a demigod. Demigod. Yeah. Semi-demi-mini-god. <laughs> so he sends an insect to go sting Pegasus. Oh no! And the insect stings Pegasus, presumably on the neck. And the horse does what any horse does when it gets hurt. It bucks. And it bucks Bellerophon right off to his death. Oh my god, I was gonna say that's so passive-aggressive, but that's evil, yo! Yeah, it's a, it's aggressive-aggressive. Yeah! And Pegasus just keeps on flying up. He does not give it a second <laughs> thought. He doesn't go back to check if Bellerophon's okay. He doesn't try to save him. Man! Just rest in pepperonis, bro. That is savage. Yep. Don't think Pegasus was really feeling the friend vibes. Guess not. From Bellerophon. So he continues to make the trip up to Olympus. And he gets there. And Zeus welcomes him in and gives him a place to sleep in the stables at Mount Olympus. And eventually he tasks Pegasus with carrying his thunder and lightning bolts whenever he needs them. Oh, wow. And after years of dedicated service, Zeus honors him by creating a constellation in the sky in Pegasus's name. Oh. And the Pegasus constellation can be seen in the Northern Hemisphere, usually around springtime. I think it kind of looks like a box with horns and a tail, but I guess if you look at it and you squint at a certain angle, it looks like a winged horse. So this was probably Zeus just pretending that he made a new constellation, even though he, he had that one left over from another creature. <laughs> Knowing what I've heard about Zeus, he was probably like, hey, yeah, no, look look up there. Just kind of close close one of your eyes and turn your head 270 degrees and then tilt your body back. And you can kind of see that's you. Aye, aye, aye. We're going to say it's you. That's enough, right? <laughs> it's about as good as getting an employee of the month plaque. Mm. And that is where Pegasus is to this day, shuffling Zeus's lightning bolts up in Olympus. Sounds like a very hazardous job, but also exciting. Yeah, I mean, not that hazardous if you're immortal. Well, yeah, true that. So how do we avoid pestering Pegasus? Well, I feel like the danger here is more, if we get close to Pegasus, I don't want to upset Zeus. Yeah, I think at this point, in order to get close to Pegasus, unless he decides to descend from the heavens, uh, we would have to do some pretty cool stuff. To get on Zeus's good list. It would have to be extremely impressive stuff. Yeah. Look at what he did to his own nephew. Mm-hmm. He's very particular about who comes and visits him in the Sunship's place. Apparently. And then once you finally get there, unless you have a golden bridle on hand, Pegasus is probably not going to want to have anything to do with you. Yeah. Unless maybe you persevere. I don't know. It seems like everyone's kind of a nuisance to Pegasus. Hmm. Do we know what he eats? 
Uh, we know he drinks water. I assume he eats hay and apples and stuff like a regular horse. Ambrosia. Well, yeah, that's probably all they really have up there. Hmm. Unless he eats the golden apple. <gasps> Pegasus is brave. You know, unlike regular horses. He doesn't get spookered. Yeah, he, he doesn't he doesn't jump at his own shadow. Yeah. But he's not going to go wanting to do stupid stuff with you. So if you try to get him to do something dumb, like, I don't know, fly all the way up to Mount Olympus where you don't belong, mm-hmm. he's going to do what you ask, but as soon as it gets hairy, you're on your own. Okay? Yeah, yeah. He's going to throw you under the bus. Mm-hmm. Or just... Throw you off the bus. Yeah, <laughs> right. The pigabus. That's really all I have to say about avoiding pestering him, mostly because it seems like everything pesters him. Mm. What can you do? Now on to modern representation. One of the first movies featuring Pegasus was Clash of the Titans. First made in 1981, then remade in 2010. This features Pegasus being captured by Perseus, then being ridden to go fight and slay Medusa, which is pretty backwards, and not the only backwards thing about that movie. (laughs) Um... One of the most irksome things about that movie is that a Scandinavian squid lays waste to a town, but... Oh, yeah. Oh, that's no good. Yeah. Kraken ate Greek. <laughs> More people may be aware of the Disney animated movie, Hercules, which tells the tale of the Greek hero Heracles, but he's called Hercules in the movie. Mm-hmm. In this movie, Pegasus is given to Hercules as a uh, animal companion at birth. Yeah. Oh, he's so cute as a baby. Mm-hmm. And Pegasus behaves very snarkily, but he's loyal. Mm-hmm. Which is definitely cuter than how Pegasus appears to actually be. Yeah. But that's okay. There are a variety of winged horse breeds in the Harry Potter universe. Well, I, I know that winged horses carry the Bobatin's carriage. That's right. So those are Abraxan winged horses. I saw there's multiple breeds. I really only looked at the Abraxans and then the other significant winged horse species, which is the Thestral. Yeah, that's right. More of a draconic skeletal looking horse with wings. Right. Who can only be seen by those who have witnessed death. That's true. Mm -hmm. But they're sweet. They're they're benign. Well, they're they're kind little. Yeah, they're gentle. You're right. Puppies. Yeah, they don't mean no one any harm. Aww. Surprisingly, there are no Pegasus-inspired Pokemon. Not a one. No flying horses? Not one that I could find. There's a lot of unicorns. There's, well, there's at least two unicorns, but no, uh, no winged horses. Now, is there a name for a unicorn with wings? Yes, that name is Alicorn. Oh. Of course, Pegasus did not have a horn. He was just a horse with wings. Right. My silly voice at the beginning was an impression of Maximilian Pegasus, one of the goofier antagonists from the Yu-Gi-Oh! anime. He's my favorite. Uh, second favorite. Kaiba! And there are two SCPs inspired by the Pegasus. Huh. The first is SCP-042. It's a white and brown horse with damaged bones sticking out of its back. Oh no. It's a very sad friend. It has to be force-fed to be kept alive. It doesn't, oh my gosh! It doesn't move or eat or drink of its own volition, except when it gets up to try to injure itself. Oh no! Um, and it looks at the scientists with pleading eyes. That is tragic. It is a grade-A bummer. Oh my gosh. That, that really is a sad friend. Yes. Sad friend alert. The next one is SCP-3204, which is a statue that occasionally looks like a winged horse, sometimes a regular horse, sometimes a unicorn, or sometimes an alicorn. 
The thing about this one is that when someone sees it, as soon as they themselves are not being observed, they no longer exist. So like if you look at this statue and someone's looking at you, as soon as that person stops looking at you, that's that's it for you. Oh my gosh, what in the world? Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's some weird ones out there. And of course, throughout time, there have been numerous nobility who have used winged horses or specifically Pegasus in their heraldry and even more businesses that have used Pegasus. Probably the most significant of this one is the Turkish airline, Pegasus Airlines. Hmm. But rather than go into each and every one of them, we'll just leave it at that. Isn't there a Pegasus in one of the openings for a production company? I think it's Tristar. Tristar sounds right. It's either Tristar or Columbia. Yeah. But yeah, with that, let's talk about how we're going to actually become friends with this this hoofy boofy. I feel like I'm so out of my league trying to become friends with the Pegasus. Yeah, it definitely feels like there's a lot you're working against. And I don't think that Bellerophon and Pegasus were actually friends with each other. Feels more like a business partnership. Which is so sad because they were brothers and I don't even know if they realized it. Yeah, who can say? Genealogy is a really tangled mess when it comes to the legends of Greece. Yeah, no kidding. It just feels like unless you're a god, it feels like Pegasus isn't going to do anything more than he has to for you. Right, so there's not a lot of stories about him helping out humans, except for the the brethren of the Pegasus that will help with bird hunting and such. Right, and I don't even think that they're necessarily related to Pegasus. Yeah. Kind of like how wings have developed multiple different times throughout evolutionary history. Sure, sure. Winged horses probably developed the same way. So he's kind of a self-minded creature. He definitely is. Pegasus does Pegasus. That's fine. We can't ask for more. Mm-hmm. We should, I mean, we could, but we wouldn't get anything. <laughs> so, with that in mind, let's go ahead and give Pegasus a friend rating. Now, if this is your first time listening to our podcast, thank you. It's good to have you. We have a four-tier rating system that measures how easy it is to become friends with these wonderful creatures. The first tier is friend-shaped. This is going to be the kind of creature that would plan a surprise birthday party for you. Think of something like gnomes. The second tier is cheeky friend. This is a creature who's going to intentionally share the secret with you and people who aren't invited to your surprise party. Think of something like the Casa Obake. Next up from there is spicy friend. This kind of friend would throw you a regular birthday party, but the surprise would be that there is a six-foot clown inside your birthday cake. Ah! Think of something like the Thunderbird. Lastly is not a friend yet. This creature is going to throw you a surprise party, but it's just a ploy to get together a bunch of human sacrifices. Yummy yummy. Think of something like the Yi Nadlashi. So what rating would you give Pegasus, Claire? <sighs> this one's tricky because he doesn't seem actively harmful, so I'm kind of leaning toward cheeky friend. See, what I'm thinking is this one has the same sort of vibe as the Kappa. You can get it to follow your orders, but... It's going to be complaining the whole time. It's going to be complaining the whole time, and as soon as it is absolved of its obligations, uh, you are out. You are out. In other words, you can lead a horse to friendship, but you can't make him drink. Oh, good one. Yeah, okay, you've got a good point, because... Well, at the heart of not a friend yet is that we haven't seen people make friends with them yet. and Yeah, Bellerophon 
was not Pegasus's friend. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping that maybe one day Pegasus, in his old age, I mean, if there is old age for an immortal, but maybe he'll decide that, eh, I guess these humans aren't so bad. At least I can get a, a good laugh out of hanging out with them or something. We just need to remove his Millennium Eye. I think that'll do the trick. It worked for Maximilian. Well, thank you so much for listening to Friends of Legend. If you like what you heard, feel free to leave us a review or subscribe to us on the podcast service you use. Tell a friend. Yeah, tell a friend. Tell your family. We're always happy to make new friends. Yep, that's what this is all about. And if you want more Friends of Legend content, check out our website, friendsoflegend.com. There you can see all of our episodes that we've done, as well as FAQs, transcripts of the episodes that Vince has been working on, and links to our social media pages on Facebook and Twitter. Additionally, if you'd like to get in touch with us, uh, you can email us directly at friendsoflegend at gmail.com or use the contact form on our website. Let us know if you have any questions about a creature we've talked about, have some important information to add, or want to suggest a creature of your own. Definitely. And usually episodes are up every Saturday, but actually we're going to have to skip the next two weeks, unfortunately, because I've got some crazy schedules at work coming up just for a couple weeks. But as soon as that's done, we're going to bring you that juicy friend content that you know and love. Oh yeah, we're going to have a lot of fun new stuff for y'all on October 3rd. I'm looking forward to the one that you're going to do. Oh, me too. Again, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. And remember, when it comes to Friends of Legend, charm them. Do not harm them. The silver moon is always full, the sun shines golden every day.